Guys, I'm literally sat here crying. Oh, I've just realised it's going to be really noisy. I'm literally sat here crying because I've just watched a video about Emma Thompson's, like, funeral speech for Alan Rickman's, which I think was Professor Snape. And if that isn't the epitome of being hungover and feeling sorry for yourself, I don't even know what is. I was just watching it and she was so... She said so many lovely things about him and I was like, oh. And then she started talking about, like, and the pain about death is that, like, there is no next and that is it. And I'm eternally grateful to have been. And I was like, oh, stop, Emma. Emma, stop. You're pushing me to the limit of my emotional brain. Like, I can't, I cannot hack this right now. I can't believe Hagrid died as well. Oh, no, because, you know, when the lady from Downton Abbey, when she dies, I will genuinely cry for days. I will feel like it's the end of a generation of actors who were our childhood actors, and I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay. Oh, God. That was such an emotional speech. That was so emotional. I just was not prepped, and I was like, okay, we'll just watch one last TikTok video before we record the podcast, because it is literally 5pm, and I was meant to do this at 8am, and it hasn't happened. I was like, one last video, one last little scroll, and that's the video I decide to end it on. Oh, it was beautiful. I hope when I die touch with that isn't a while maybe it's a bit of a morbid start for the podcast i am sorry <laughs> i promise we'll get back onto joyfulness in a second i hope like i have a really nice whoever has to write my eulogy you have to do a pretty sick great like, you have to do a great job you have to do an emma thompson level great job because that was beautiful that was heavy right onto the podcast welcome to this week's but we <laughs> can't even speak guys that was so emotional i'm not okay i'm not okay i think i'm gonna start a period soon i feel so emotional about everything and so tired and what did i nearly, what did i cry out yesterday something really stupid something really really stupid oh well we move welcome to this week's episode of you've got mail yes it is later than planned but is it still here yes we are here. It is Sunday. Technically, it's on time. It's not late until it turns to Monday. And that's my philosophy on life. I am sorry if you hear any um, me moving around. Again, I'm lying in bed. I found the perfect position to record the podcast on. And honestly, I'm not mad. It's very, very comfortable. I can't go over that video. That was anyway. No, sorry. We need to focus. So let's do a little life update about how this week has gone now we've um I've debriefed you on my emotional turmoil because that was awful. Also I realized in the podcast last week because I tend to like turn and look out the window I realized you can't really hear me that well. So I need to be more facing towards the microphone which is a pretty obvious thing to say but I'm just saying it so I remind myself. This week has been, you know, it's been a good week. I've had like it's been busy but it's been nice and I feel like I'm getting back on track. I have not been good at not going on my phone as much. Actually, maybe I have been. I feel like I've been very busy this week and feeling a bit overwhelmed with everything. And I have lost, like, I lost my travel card. Like, an absolutely idiot person that I am. Which meant I've had to pay for double travel this week, which meant I was very scared. Like, not a lot of money this week, which was a bit stressful at points. But, like, we're at the end of the week now. My travel card comes on Tuesday. Life is fine. And I've realised I need to stop going on about like if I don't have enough if I don't have like enough money or I'm stressed about uni I talk about it and that's a scarcity mindset isn't it like that's attracting more like lack of abundance and stuff into your life it's like it's reaffirming that you don't have a lot of money by saying it out loud so I'm trying to change my thought process when I am stressed about things is because I know it's important to talk about things but also I think it's important to like 
be aware of the narrative that you're creating and whether like be aware whether it's a good narrative or a bad narrative so that's something that i'm going to be more conscious of this week that should probably be in the new things i'm doing this week but you know this is a stream of thought podcast so there we have it other things i've done this week (gasps) okay so i became the house spider expert there was the biggest fuck off spider in my housemate's room like it was huge i am not a spider fan I do not enjoy spiders. I don't like them. It had pincers. I was not okay. But I knew I'm probably the least scared of spiders in the house. Maybe maybe my other house may actually. I don't know. It was awful. I had to save it. So that was one proud thing. Also, I have realised that I'm not... Like, I think this week it just felt a little bit more overwhelming because... like, I'm not very good at working in the evenings because we just come in, we just stand and chat. Like, on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, literally every single night, I'll come into the kitchen and our, my kitchen has, like, this magnetic force around it. It has, like, a magnetic force where I am unable to leave. I am unable to leave. And me and my housemates have spoken about this, that we cannot leave the kitchen when... So I'll come in from work. I'm like, okay, Bella, you need to go upstairs and watch the lecture that you just missed to go to work, Okay. I'm like, yes, this is fine. This is the plan. I'll come in and I'll drop my bag and all of a sudden I'll just feel like, well, I'm going to stay here and chat to the girls now. I'm not I'm not going to leave. And then about four hours later, I'm still sat down there and I'm still chatting. Like, I think the issue of three chatterboxes in the house is that it's just a constant stream of conversation. The other night we were all just stood on the landing. <laughs> <laughs> like near our bathroom brushing our teeth and just we're like we all brushed our teeth we're ready to get into bed and we we're all just stood at our doors chatting like for a good 40 minutes like not a small amount of time either we'll literally be like right guys we're gonna go to bed now it's time to go to sleep and we'll just end up walking around each other's bedrooms like i went into one of my housemates she was doing a skincare routine we went into my room and i was doing my skincare and just chatting the entire time which is like very nice but it means that i am and i feel like i need to be doing more in the evenings <laughs> But I'm being very productive in the day, so that's that's okay. Oh, also, I cancelled my gym membership. I don't know why I think this would be interesting for you all, but I'm telling you all anyway. I have cancelled it because I think I can do better workouts at home and I just don't think that I can do the best workouts when I'm in the work gym because the gym is really good for the running machine, but I'm literally paying 30 quid a month to use a running machine because the other stuff, the dumbbells and stuff, I've realised I just waste so much time at the gym. I just kind of stand there sometimes and I get a bit intimidated and that's not what we should be doing. That's not what we should be doing. We should be focusing and working out. And I think also I get really intimidated by all the people who are really good at the gym. And I know that's probably a little bit silly and I know it is silly, but I can't help it. I just get intimidated and then I don't want to work out anymore. So I don't see the point of me being there. I can do Pilates at home. I think I just like Pilates more. And if I follow a 20 minute Pilates workout... I'm more likely to do it because I just have to finish the video and then I'll do another video and I'll complete the video because obviously I won't pause it whilst it's going. And then that's a half an hour workout. At the moment, it's taking me like an hour in the mornings I spend at the gym and I'm not working out for an hour. No chance. There's like a good 20 minutes of that that is wasted time. And that could be 20 minutes in bed. So I'm being aware of this and I'm going to try it for this new week. It's just annoying because I paid the joining fee, which was £15, but we move. We're not focusing on the negativity or the scarcity mindset. This is fine. Uni's gone well this week. We were learning, like, we had some interesting different lectures. I have this one lecture series about diseases. Obviously, that is my master's programme. Um, and I had... Uh, it was interesting because 
each lecture is a different like disease topic so you learn so many different things like such a broad spectrum of diseases so i've been enjoying that and we've also you know the health policy and power lecture series that i've been doing i found that really interesting because we're learning about the i'm sorry if this is really boring but i just think it's really interesting um we're learning about the different actors that are involved in policy changes so the actors are the people that are involved in it who make the decisions and like the ways that people can impact the actors and i just think it's really interesting to kind of know a little bit more like about policies about like how laws are created about how laws are made I just think it's really interesting because I don't really know anything about it and I'm quite naive about how our world works and what goes into it and obviously like I've always thought like oh how is that involved in that like how did this actually come about and it's really interesting to now dig a bit deeper and find out the real reasons behind it and the ways that like reading case studies and listening to how like the politics no, the general public have influenced policies and how big corporations have influenced policies and how like the way people are ready but it's not like conspiracy theories but you know it's like the alternative motivations behind things so I found that really interesting and I've decided to do my final essay topic on the change of abortion rules in the UK because there are some really interesting um actors in that we have to talk about the specific people like the specific actors that have created a policy and like why they've created that policy. And that policy has so many, because it has like the church in it and women's rights. And then it also has like, um, like an anti-abortion group are in it. And then it has the government. And it's just such an interesting topic because I just felt like abortion in the UK was very, um, like it was fine. Like we had great laws about it. We were very open to the idea. And then you dig a bit deeper and you realise that that is not the case. That is not the case. And I was pretty shocked with everything that I've been reading about and finding out about it. Because before I start like a topic and choosing it, like I was reading around the, like the research and the literature to check that there was actually something to write about. And it's so interesting. So that's really been what I've been focusing on this week. I've been working a lot and I'm finding that kind of exhausting. I'm not going to lie, but it's okay. I'm just trying to focus on the fact that I do need the money so I can't not do it so we're just gonna have to make a few sacrifices and it's fine I've got a week off now because it's half term and I think that's going to be a nice change of pace because it means I can do a few social things like last night I went out oh my god I haven't even updated you on what I've done this week I've just fully been focusing on ranting about my life but on Friday night what did I do on Friday night Friday night what did I do Oh my god, how could I forget? I've literally had such a nice weekend. On Friday night, I went to my grandparents' house and we got, like, I went to see my grandparents because my mum was staying there with my two sisters. So I got to see them on Friday night, which was really, really nice. I've really missed them. And I, because my sister, because I left for Bali and then she left for uni before I came back from Bali and then I left for uni like we've hardly seen each other so that was so nice to see her I got to see my little sister as well and it's kind of every time I see my little sister especially like she grows up so much every time it just makes me emotional and then I got to see my mum and my grandparents and that was really really nice and then on Saturday I went charity shopping with them oh my god incredible absolutely incredible experience you know that brand Morgan de Toi? I might be saying that wrong I got a jacket for 10 pounds so good i got a zara dress seven pounds and it's like a little black dress it's nice and i can wear it as a top as well i really like it and then i also got well i got a hat like a little patagonia blue hat because it is getting into hat season now the only issue with it is if i do wear it i'm gonna have to wear it all day because it is gonna ruin my fringe absolutely destroy my fringe but that's okay and then i also got a new handbag <laughs> 
<laughs> which I didn't need. But it's a really good brand and it's a white handbag and a white leather handbag. And I really have been wanting a white bag for a while because I don't have one and I think it's one of the bag essentials. So I think my bag collection needs to stop growing, but I'm not going to stop buying them because I just really like them. I love a charity shop handbag. All of my bags are from charity shops and I love them all. There's not a single one that I want to give up. I think they are all stunning and beautiful and I refuse to ever give them away. Um, so yeah, if you ever need a bag for an outfit or an occasion, please just message me because I have a ridiculous amount. My housemate was looking, she's like, oh, you have really nice bags. I was like, this isn't even half. This is like a quarter of the selection. I have a ridiculous amount at home. They would easily fill my wall, easily fill my wall. It's, you know, everyone has that thing they just buy a lot of. That's my thing. I've also realized I get like hyper fixated on items of clothing, scarf tops. I got so fixated on buying scarf tops for so long and bags for so long, like little bags. They're never big bag. It's always a little, little bag. Oh, I saw as well, final thing for life update, the most fashionable lady I've ever seen in my entire life. And she is what I aspire to be like on the tube. She was beautiful. She's what I aspire to be like when I'm older. She had like this red Louis Vuitton bag and it was like paint and leather, and, but it was like more of like a saddlebag vibe, but it was glossy, vinyl. It was beautiful. And then she was wearing like this Moschino umbrella but it was like she wore it as a rucksack because it had a strap that went around you and then she had like this these glasses with this curved like pattern on the side oh she just looked so put together and so like everything she was wearing was interesting everything she was wearing was interesting and that's what I aspire to be like but anyway carrying on with the life update then on Saturday we I came back here and I did some work supposedly what did I even do when I came back I think I literally came back and then got ready to go out I don't know I tidied my room because my room has been very messy since my boyfriend left because I'm just not good at keeping things tidy when I'm stressed. <laughs> and so I did that. And then I went out and I had my first like drinks thing with my course mates. And you know what? It was really, really nice. It was really nice to see everyone in like a non-stressful environment because I've been like finding uni a little bit stressful at the moment. Did you guys hear that? There's a thunderstorm. Oh my God, the rain is massive. This is mental. This is not what I was thinking. Um... This is going to be loud for you all to hear, and I'm sorry. But yeah, I was really nice to see everyone and not a uni environment because it's so much calmer and less stress-free. And so I really enjoyed that. And then I woke up this morning, no hangover, because I took an antihistamine before bed. How clever. If you guys don't know this trick, antihistamine before bed is incredible. The storm just got so much worse. Like, it, all of a sudden, the lightning got over. All the doors just slammed. <gasps> There's loads of sheet lightning. Guys, this is so exciting. I have never been in a storm in London before. This is, you know, a little tick off the bucket list. But all of the... Because we had our bathroom window open. Everything fell into the sink. All of the doors slammed, I think, because I opened my window. Never mind. I just got fully distracted and was watching the rain for so long. And now it's time to record cord. <laughs> what did I even just say? Record the podcast content part of this episode. So this week we are going to be talking about a letter to my younger self because I'm feeling uh, emotional and nostalgic and I have a lot to say about this topic. <laughs> So as I was saying, this week's podcast topic is called A Letter to My Younger Self. I've been thinking a lot recently about who I used to be when I was a child and me, younger me. And I think I was looking through a lot of old photos at my nana's because obviously like I'm the eldest grandchild. So there's so many photos literally just documenting my entire life, like around the house. 
And I think when you think about who you used to be as a child and who you are, like obviously you are still that person, but who you used to be, who you were when you were younger, like imagining yourself in your own body now, that like your same hands, like, I always look at my hands and I'm like, they're the same hands that like I had when I was a child. Like these have been with me the entire time. You are still that same person. And I think it's easy to forget how much you have evolved over time. I think it's really easy to forget how much you have grown and how much you have been through because you just imagine yourself in your present scenario right now and how you're coping with everything right now. And as important as it is to be really present, I think it's so important to take a moment to just reflect on how far you've come because it's so much easier to be compassionate and loving towards yourself when you're thinking about how far you have actually come and how hard you've tried and imagining that that younger child version of you, if you told them where they'd be now, if you even told yourself five years ago where you'd be now, if I told myself finishing my GCSEs and A-levels, that in five years you're going to be doing your dream masters, living in London, you're going to have like great people around you, you're going to be really happy, you have like all of the things that make me so happy and sometimes bring me like anxiety, like the fact like my uni degree, I get nervous about it sometimes and I don't know what I'm doing and I feel overwhelmed by it all. If I could go back and tell younger me that it is all going to be okay and that it's going to work out and to kind of like that it would be fine I get so I I don't I'd, I'd be so shocked I'd be so shocked about what actually ended up happening and I think why writing these letters to your younger self is a really it's a good moment of reflection I think it makes you think about it each individual thing that you have done singularly because then you're thinking about why you've done it and what you've been through to get it and kind of the entire process as a journey. It makes you realise how much you've done, how much you've done and why you've done it. I think another thing as well is I know, you know the Jay Shetty podcast with uh, Kendall Jenner? She's the On Purpose Lady. Um, on Purpose Lady is the On Purpose podcast. And, and there was a clip that went viral that was about like when her therapist told her to like stick a picture up of her younger her and to remember that when she's saying something nasty to herself or when she's being like not compassionate or kind towards herself that that's who she's doing it with and I was chatting to one of you guys about it and we were just kind of saying how what a brilliant thing to do that that is because again it brings it home who you used to be it brings it home who you are it brings it home how much you have grown and where you have come from and it's so much more easy to be because you look at the young child you look at them and they're so innocent and naive and so like pure in what they're doing they don't know what's coming and you think about everything that is coming for them and you're like, God, you know what? You're going to do great. You're going to have to go through all of that. And it's going to be really intense, but it's going to be okay. And I think it's so much harder to be mean to something that's so innocent. Like, so a child is so innocent and naive and you don't, I don't know, it's so much easier to be nice to them. And then I think right now we kind of forget, we dissociate from who we used to be. And I think this is why it's so much easier to be nastier when you're older is because you forget who you're being nasty to. You forget who the root of you is, the root of like where you came from. And now I'm trying to like focus when I am things, saying things that are mean to myself or I'm putting myself under so much pressure to do so well. I'm like, look at the person who you're doing that to. Like, look at who you are doing this to because they're not like they're a child they're so young and look where they're going to come to look who you really are look at the core of who you are I think that's the inner child type thing of remembering who you are and where you've come from and reminding yourself that you're doing so well and that this kind of level of self-depreciating kind of like the humor and the jokes that you make about it and the pressure that you put yourself under and the like restless nights and the worrying that's who you're doing it to would you do that to them if they were in front of you?
No, what would you think if someone else was doing that to them? You'd be shocked, appalled, you'd stop it. And I think that's why writing a letter to your younger self is so important, like as a reflective process, but also like a continual reflective process. I always do those letters to future me. Like you, there's an online app and I always do one every single year on the same day. It was the date when I had like a bit of my, I don't know, revolution moment. I don't know. I kind of, I think it was when I was in the midst of my breakup and I was feeling like really low about everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a letter to future me because this is not going to be happening again. And I got the letter back, like, because I did that the first year. And then the second year, obviously, I read it back. And I like, God, I put myself under some pressure, some pressure. But it was interesting to, like, read that letter from younger me because so much had changed over the year that I hadn't even been accounted for. So many of my worries, like... I had set my expectations high on what I'd been doing. I think I was like, you're going to be in Mexico, get out of Scarborough, you're not going to be there anymore. Like, you're going to do all of these things. And then when I was like a year later, although I was still living at home, so many other things had changed that I couldn't even imagine. And I'd become so much less lonely and I'd worked on myself. And I was like, although you thought those were going to be the things that made you feel better, they weren't the things that made you feel better. You still do feel better. I'd still kind of got to the same finishing point like I think I wanted to I can't remember what the things were that I had to focus on but there was like I wanted to I guess be less lonely I think I can't remember but the ideas of what I thought would make me feel less lonely weren't the things but I still managed to go through that transformative process and I think that's because you can't predict the future you don't know where you're going you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know the thing that's going to make you feel better But as long as you're conscious that you want to feel better and as long as you're conscious that that is something that you're not happy with, I think eventually you will find the thing that makes you feel better. I feel that was a very confusing way of explaining it, but I hope you guys got what I meant. And so when I was thinking and reflecting about the things that I would tell to my younger self, you're probably going to be able to hear a bit of noises in this one because I can just hear the water running off the like ceiling and I think I can hear the shower on. So I'm sorry about that, but... I was hungover today and there was no chance I was recording at 8am, so no. But when I was reflecting on the different things that I would say to my younger self, the different things I would tell myself, I got a bit emotional about it and a bit nostalgic. And I was like, oh, it kind of makes me sad to think about all the things that I stressed about that I didn't need to stress about anymore. One, so I kind of split it into like five big questions. Maybe it's five, one, two, three, four, five, six. And I think the first thing, if I could give myself, younger me, a little life lesson, would be to stop being so afraid of attention. I used to be so scared of attention and of being the centre of attention. I absolutely hated it. Hated it so much. In school, I was quite good at running. And, like, I beat this record. Like, it had been a school record for, like, 50 years. Or, no, 70 years. Like, a really long time. And, like, I beat it because I was, like, quite fast at running. And I didn't know it was happening and like I remember in assembly we were all sat around and we were like and we just have like a special announcement we just like to have like a a, but like and they're like Isabella can you stand up and I was like "Mm, yeah and they were like we just like to congratulate you on beating this record it's been like a set in stone for like 70 years it's really impressive we're really proud of you congratulations and I was like literally kill me now it was the most I was so embarrassed and I went bright red. I felt my face burning up and I was like, I don't want this attention. I don't want this attention. I don't want this attention. I remember in the entirety of like school, before we had games lessons, because I was good at running, I would feel so sick, like 
almost throwing up sick, like really, really, really nauseous because I knew I was going to have to run and I knew that people would be looking at me because I was good at running and that stressed me out so much that I became really sick that after every running match, like running match, no, after every race, I would throw up, like I physically threw up and everyone was like it's because you push yourself so hard because you're running so hard and I was like yeah it's because of that no it's because I was so nervous I was literally so nervous about being sick and not about being sick but I was so nervous about running the race and drawing attention to myself that I made myself physically throw up afterwards like that's such an unhealthy response to being afraid of attention like what I wish I'd have known that just because people are looking at me doesn't mean I have to expect the worst. And I think this is another thing I think back to. I, I think these are a lot of things about me in year 9 and 10. I just dropped my iPad. Sorry, guys. I had my notes on it. I think about me a lot when I was in year 9 and year 10. And kind of year 11, but mainly those three years. And I remember whenever I think people are looking at me or talking about me, just thinking, like, expecting the worst from the scenario. Expecting that they're just going to be, like, laughing at me or taking the piss out of me or that it's going to be negative attention or just just bad. And I wish I could go back to that person and be like, just because people are looking at you or talking about you doesn't mean it's always going to be bad, okay? It doesn't mean that. Stop expecting the worst because it's just putting you on edge all the time. And I just felt like I I hid a lot around the school. Like... I used to, I, this is this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to admit to you guys. I was so scared of, like, the older students. Like, they intimidated me so much. I had so little self-confidence that I used to walk different routes around school to avoid different students. Like, the older students I knew would be hanging out in a certain area, so I would walk a different way around school so that I didn't have to see them or, like, be around them because I was so scared of, like, the attention, like, that they would give me because I'd be so scared that it would be negative or that they'd be mean or that I'd be like bullied or something and I think that's the thing of when you are so fearful of everything going wrong you become hyper aware of everything which just means you're living in this constant anxious state which meant I was nervous for so much of my school experience like I'm like my best years of school was when I was the oldest because I wasn't intimidated anymore and I just wonder what my entire school experience would have been like if I wasn't intimidated ever If I realise that it doesn't really matter, that I am okay, that people don't really care that much about you. It took me so long to realise that I'm not the main character in everyone else's world. I'm just the main character in my own world. A ridiculously long amount of time to realise that. Even now I still focus about it. Like I went out for drinks last night at my friend, like my course mate's house. And I woke up this, like the past hour, I woke up this morning then the past hour before I record the podcast, I was fully stressing about everything that I said and that I was embarrassed myself and that like... I was too chatty and everything like this. And I was like, everyone's literally thinking about themselves. No one else is thinking about you right now. You need to stop making yourself the centre of attention in your own head because it's not really what happened. So I think one of my biggest things would be, I wish I stopped being so afraid of attention. I think the second thing I wish I could learn, I wish I could like give these, like I wish these little snippets of knowledge, I could tell younger me in such a way that it ingrains in her brain. It ingrains in her brain so much that she doesn't, She doesn't even question it. It's just what happened. I just wish I'd realised that although school is important, living is important. You have to have a cut-off point with things. I remember, like, I work really, really hard on things in an unhealthy way because I'm nervous about failure and that is not okay and that's a whole other podcast topic in itself. But I think because I worked so hard and worried so much about not doing well, I 
kind of re- I, I just think I because I did that I really sacrificed a lot of other things like of friendships and like free time and things that I was doing and being with my family and I wish I hadn't done that as much I think although school is important those memories when you're younger you don't realize that they're not going to last forever when you're living at home you can only think about the fact that you're living at home you can't really think feasibly that you're going to be leaving that you're not he- there forever because once you've left it's really weird. It's weird because I think about the times when I was at home and just the things that I stressed about and revised for, like that I didn't need to do. I spent, I must've spent so long of my life revising. And like, although it was important and I got good grades, like I didn't need to do it all the time. I wish I'd had cutoff points and been like, I do not work past 8 p.m. every night or 9 p.m. Because there'd be some nights where I'd literally work till half 11 at night to get things done because I was trying to do it so well. And I think you've got to be able to have these boundaries of like, this is my cutoff point from work now. Work is not everything to me. Because I think that's another thing that kind of links to my self-worth not being related to how hard I work. Because this is another lesson. This is the third lesson that I wish I could tell to my younger self. Because I base so much of my self-worth on how hard I worked. Because to me, like I said, those physical kind of... Not attributes, physical attributes is like how you look. I don't mean that. I mean like physical achievements. You know what I mean? Like the grades you get in school and everything. They were so important to me because they were how I gauged how well I was doing. They were how I gauged what I was like up to, how my like life was going. They were they were important to me because they gauged where I was on the spectrum of success in my eyes, and that put in a lot of like toxic things like instilled into me. Because, like, the cut-off point from work meant that a lot of my life, I feel like, when I was younger, was really built around schoolwork. That's why I'm so glad I have the podcast now, because it's another thing for me to focus on, because I can become really fixated on schoolwork and, like, needing to work hard and pushing myself really hard, which meant that I literally just had uni work. I wish... Or, like, a sixth form work. I wish I'd done more clubs outside of school to create other interests and realising that school is not everything. Because when you get older, you realise that although people work, like... There's so much, there is so much more time to do stuff in the evening, so just do you, to find other interests. And I wish I had spent time investing in other interests and realising and seeing how important they are. Because I think the people that do have clubs or have other interests or hobbies outside of school are so much more well-rounded and they have so much more self-worth. I was thinking specifically when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about my sister who's really into netball and she's really good at it as well and she loves it and she loves playing the game. And that has given her so much more confidence. I was actually talking about this on Friday night with my grandparents. And we were saying how how important... The school was the example here, but this is applicable to any type of hobby that you do, really. It's so important to have things outside of schoolwork that you enjoy doing, that you feel good at, that you succeed at, that you enjoy. Like, you don't always have to be good at something just to enjoy it. But you know what I mean? Something that you just enjoy doing. Because... It gives you more confidence about yourself. It makes you feel more like there's other things going on in your life so that when something goes wrong school-wise, when you don't get the education grade that you wanted, when you don't get the mark that you thought you were going to get, your entire world doesn't crumble because there's other things going on in your world. And I think that's a thing that I regret as a kid. Like, maybe like a teenager. Maybe these are more applicable to when I was a teenager because I did loads in primary school, but then secondary school happened and I was so obsessed with working that I didn't really let myself enjoy other things. And I wish, I wish I had. I wish I had let myself enjoy those other things because again, your self-worth now isn't fully reliant on this one specific activity. 
You've not got your eggs all in one basket. It's the typical saying, and I think that's important. I think the fourth life lesson would be you don't need to depend on others for security. Oh, I have such an issue with codependency and it's absolutely disgusting, but I'm really working on it and it is getting so much better. It's got so much better since when I was thinking about like at uni and things like that. But I was so afraid of being on my own. I was so afraid of being me. I was so afraid. Again, I wonder if it comes to the drawing attention part of life. Like, I don't know what it was, but I think I was so afraid of being on my own that I would cling to people and become really codependent on their company. And that's a really toxic way of being because it means that when things aren't going great or when you don't think the friendship is good anymore or when you don't think you're in the right headspace, you're not okay of taking yourself out of that headspace. I mean, that out of that friendship, out of that relationship or when something goes wrong, everything around you crumbles. You know, I can see like a common thread of me putting my heart and soul into like one thing, like schools and like specific friendships. And there was nothing wrong with the friendship. The friendships themselves were great. I just think I wish I hadn't, use that those those friendships for security because then if something ever does go wrong or you're wanting something else or you're putting a scenario where you are on your own and you don't have those things that you used to make you feel quite great you feel so lost because so much of your character and of who you are is built upon that relationship and I think this is the thing I wish I'd have realized that you don't need other people to feel secure in yourself being alone is not bad being alone is actually pretty great. And as soon as you start realising that being alone is so great, then it becomes so much easier to be on your own and like do the things you want to do. And I also think I manage my headspace so much better when I do have these moments of being on my own. A really like important moment for me in the week is recording a podcast. And that might seem a bit strange, but I think it's so important because in those moments where I am recording the podcast, I am fully thinking about everything that's like gone on in my week and my train of thought. And it is literally like a journal entry to me because I literally just speak my mind. I really don't plan anything that I record. I kind of think a bit through about what I want to say. But as soon as I start thinking about what I want to say, I just end up talking like I'm on the podcast. I'm like, I should just press record and just start doing it. And I think it's such a stream of thought. Like it's kind of like very cleansing. I just feel like I get all my thoughts out in one hour and then I'm good for the week. And I've noticed when I don't record the podcast, I feel really shit and I get really overwhelmed and I feel really like, ah. So I think that's something that I've really learned on and leaned into is the kind of the need for me to be alone and kind of calming myself down. Because when I am clinging to people and I'm feeling that need for security, and this has been attested by going to university and like meeting new friends when I had like no, no one knew anyone, which was a love, like it's quite like a strange experience. Normally people know of like one or two people, but it was so much fun to have a totally like new group of people in like together. And it's something that I've been really focusing on is not clinging to one person straight away it's important to be able to have like a group of people that you really like and that 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 is where you should be aiming towards and I wish I could tell myself that as a younger kid that having loads of people is just as good as having one you don't need one person to put like all your eggs in one basket because that can lead to there's like a little bit of dangerousness I think maybe dangerousness is the wrong word I think also also one thing I wish I could tell younger me like younger Bella please I could send you this message I would pay so much money you don't always need to say yes to being in a relationship oh I think about all the relationships I had as a kid I'm like I, I say kid that sounds weird I mean like ages like 12 to 16 <sighs> I people just if anyone asked me out I just literally say yes I never even thought that I could say no like I wasn't even like nah, not really interested in you I was just like yeah okay we'll be in a relationship that's fine like 
you don't need to do that. You just say no if you don't actually fancy them or want to be in a relationship. Like, I think this all again comes to that need for like security. I felt more comfortable when I was with someone because I didn't want to be like, I felt like that was like almost like a best friend in a way, but not. And I think about the relationships that I had and they were so, they were like such strange relationships. Like they were so weird. That just, maybe that's be an interesting podcast for like relationships as a younger teenager, because that was a weird time, weird time. The relationships themselves weren't even relationships. Like you said you were boyfriend and girlfriend and you straight up weren't. Like you just like chat to them a bit more at school or like held hands and stuff. I think I had they because my school was um like there was kids that boarded there as well. It was such a strange like scenario because people would literally be there twenty four seven. And so when people had relationships, like some were so intense, but I didn't see like my boyfriend at the time. For, like sometimes we wouldn't see each other for, like eight weeks because of the school holidays and things like that. And it's just I don't know, I think I was very complacent with, I'll just say like, yes, and see how it goes. And like, just didn't really ever end anything. And you're not a relationship. I don't, I don't know. I just wish I hadn't said yes as much because I think I would be better at being on my own now if I hadn't have done that. And I think it was a toxic kind of thing that I started. And then when I went through my last like horrific breakup, then I kind of worked on that. And we've worked through it now. So that's a lot better. But it all comes down to being more okay on my own. I think this is one of the biggest things that I wish I could tell younger me is that it's okay to be on your own. It doesn't make you weird or lonely or like unwanted. I think I had this fear of being unwanted a lot. And I felt sometimes not, not, I felt like I didn't belong in a lot of places. I felt like I never really had that kind of sense of belonging. And like, I sometimes felt a bit like an outsider. And I wish I could realize that like, I think I sometimes associated being alone with being an outsider and being alone doesn't make you out of the group. Like, there's nothing wrong with being an outsider either. I think outsider is the wrong word for what I'm trying to get at. I felt like out of place, but like in an uncomfortable way. Yeah, outside just means you're not involved. Like, out of place means like not as welcome as such, like not fitting in. In a, oh, I'm trying to, I'm saying all the wrong words of what I mean. I feel like I'm not conveying this well. I just feel like I associated being alone with a bad thing and it wasn't always a bad thing. If anything, it's actually sometimes a really great thing. And I think my final thing is that I wish that I'd realised that my body, right, this is like a trigger warning for like if you have any like body or eating disorder type things or like issues with your body that you don't really want to talk about or you're not in the right headspace to listen to right now, skip to the end of the podcast. I'm going to be talking about the new things I've done this week in about three minutes, I reckon four minutes. Just like skip, please just skip or even end the podcast. Like no need to listen to this little trigger warning. I feel like I've given you enough time now to realise that we're going to be talking about body like eating issues, that type of thing. So please skip if this isn't for you. But going on to that final point is I wish that I'd realised that my body and the way that I look is going to constantly change and evolve. And I wish I'd see my body for what it does for me, not how it looks. Like move for how it feels, not for how much it burns or does. I think about so many toxic things I was thinking about when I was younger. And I'm like, you shouldn't be thinking about that yet. You shouldn't be doing that like you shouldn't have been thinking about why you why why are you working out you should have been doing it because you enjoyed it like I remember and I know I talked about this like food doesn't have morals uh, I know I talked about it in that podcast episode quite a lot but so much of my life was kind of around food in a kind of healthy but unhealthy way and like how my body looked and what I did for my body was never really based around the health of it or the wanting to nourish my body or look after my body it was never really done around that and I wish more of it had I wish I'd been able to learn a better narrative about how I looked and why I looked that way or like what was going to happen to me and what was going to change and realising that all of those changes are very normal and very human and 
doesn't impact you whatsoever. I think back to like Googling squat workouts on Pinterest and like the toxic fitness culture on that app. And I just kind of feel a bit sad for my younger self because she was so obsessed with trying urgently to get her body to look a certain way. And now I realize like a lot of that isn't even possible because of genetics. I will never look a certain way because I am not genetically primed to look that way. And I think that's something to get your head around is realizing that I wish I'd just realized that at a younger age. I wish I'd stopped worrying so much about what I was eating and being able to just to allow myself to like intuitively eat. If I wanted to eat something, to eat it because then the craving would go. You know, that type of thing. I just wish I could tell myself that. I think the main things I want you to take away from this episode, if you are younger, please listen to me. Please, please, like, please stop being so scared to stand out and like have attention to yourself because it doesn't always mean a bad thing. Please stop being so scared about different foods and focusing on about how you look. Like, your body is incredible. Your body allows you to live every single day. Your body is functional, okay? It's a functional piece of equipment to allow you to live. Start seeing it like that. Stop putting your self-worth in how you look. I think as well, stop putting your self-worth in how hard you work and what you're doing because you need to have other things going on in your life too and it's just important to live in this period of time. You are not going to be a kid forever and you're not going to be young and I wish I'd taken that on board more because I think school is important but you need to live. You need to be doing your work. I'm not saying any of that but you need to make sure you're living and I think the codependency, if you can learn to not be as codependent, everything is going to be better, I promise. But now on to the new things that I've done this week. So on to the new things that I've done this week, right? So you know how we're meant to have the question thing? Well, I didn't realise that when I post a question box, normally, like, it tells me about the question, like, I can access the archives, but for some reason it's deleted all the questions, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> I promise I will screenshot them all next time. But on to the new things that I've done this week. So you know the whole gel nail trend where you, like, use the gel lamp to cure the chemicals on your nails? So you get, like, fake nails, so I got mine from Primark. You stick them on using, like, Builder Base or something, you cure them under the lamp for, like, two minutes, and then you take them out and they're on forever. I did that. Incredible. Thought, this is the best thing ever. My nails have never stayed on this long. Like, they look great. Cost me a pound. Cheating the system. Turns out it's actually really bad for your nails because the curing, like, the chemicals can't cure properly because they're, the nails aren't opaque, so it can't, like, access the UV light. And it ends up melting your nail away. So that's a really fun little revelation I have made. So I'm going to leave these on until like, now they've been on two weeks. I might try and leave them on like a month because they're staying strong. And then I'm going to switch and just buy the clear tips from Primark instead and do it that way. So that's a little life lesson that I've learned. We've also just finished the, um, we're going to start watching The Watcher as a house because I've heard such good reviews about that and I really want to know what everyone's talking about. There's such a hype about it and I need to know what's going on. Third thing, new thing, you know that book I read called The Case Study? I've nearly finished it. Overall book review on this, I'm going to do a little book review on it. I have enjoyed it. It's a very interesting kind of story. It ends very like, like because it's, you're following two people, you're following her diary. There's not really a storyline to it because you're just following her trail of thought. It's like there is a narrative and things do go on. You are following a specific period of her life. But it's it ends very differently than how you expect it. You, it ends in a kind of merging of kind of reality and surreal life and like not reality and kind of this thing going on in her head. It's a very interesting perspective on sanity 
And I think it's a really interesting read, especially if you're interested. It's, it's a man, he's called Braithwaite, and I didn't know anything about him. And as a psychologist goes, if you are doing psychology or something like that, I think you should read it because it's a really interesting kind of take on what is psychology and to be a psychologist. And it's very, it's like an interesting read. You probably all know about him. I didn't know about him. And because you're listening to like what's going on in his life, like you're reading his diaries as well, the juxtaposition between his story and to her diaries is really interesting. You can kind of see the downfall of them both. And so I've really enjoyed reading that. I'm ready to kind of start a new book. I also started reading How to Kill a Family. You know, it's kind of like a comedic book that's come out. I'm listening to it as an audio book at the moment and I'm really enjoying it. It's really funny. Um, like the narrative's just really jokes and the like the narrative voice is really funny. What she does is not funny, but the narrative voice is so strong throughout it all that I've really been enjoying that and listening to an audiobook is a like nice way to pass the time because sometimes I don't want to listen to podcasts the only thing with it is is I'm list you can use your library book to access like audiobooks and things like that and I'm doing that at the moment but the only issue with it is is the um I wouldn't say the quality is incredible when you listen to podcasts I think sometimes the quality is really really great I wouldn't say the podcast quality no the audiobook quality is incredible but it is still good I am enjoying it and it's free so that's the main thing I think the next book I'm going to read... I'm sorry, I'm just moving right now to get my bookshelf. Oh, please don't drop. Everything's dropping. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, no. So I've got two books to choose from. I've got How We Sleep, which is a neuro... Like, the importance of sleep. So this is meant to be really interesting and really good. And I'm excited about reading it because I need to sleep more. And so I think I might read that next because I think I need a bit of a self-help type book. And then I'm reading this book called Where Wild Peaches Grow. And it looks brilliant and I'm really excited about it. I'll read the blurb to you. Um, In a deeply emotional novel of family, cultural heritage and forgiveness, estranged sisters wrestle with the choices they've made and confront circumstances beyond their control. Nona Peaches Davenport, abandoned by the man she loved and betrayed by family, left her Natchez, Mississippi home 15 years ago and never looked back. She's forged a promising future in Chicago as a professor of African-American studies. Nona finds her once-closed-hearted persuaded by a new love but that's all shaken when her father's death forces her to return to everything she's tried to forget julia curtis hasn't forgiven her sister for deserting the family just like their mother nona walked away from julia when she needed her most and julia doesn't feel guilty and julia doesn't feel guilty for turning to nona's old flame marcus for comfort he helped julia build a new life she has a child a career and a determination to move on from old family wounds upon upon nona's return to natchez a courteous a cautious, I can't read today. A cautious reunion, reunion unfolds and everything Nona and Julia thought they knew about themselves, each other and those they love will be tested. Unpacking the truth about why Nona left may finally heal their frayed bond or tear it apart forever. That sounds so interesting. That sounds so interesting. And I feel like I need a bit of a gripping like thriller type book at the moment. It's got really, really great reviews. So I'm excited to read that and I will report back. I'm going to read the sleep one she says she'll read the sleep one first will i probably not but i need to go because me and my housemate are watching we're gonna watch one about um churchill a film about Churchill, at the darkest hour that's what we're gonna watch tonight and we are also making nando's because i can't afford to go out right now and so i'm gonna make it but i hope you're having a lovely i hope you'll had a lovely weekend I hope you enjoy your week. I hope you do something nice for yourself. And if possible, could you rate the podcast? Just a little small favour to ask. It massively helps more people find me and I really, really appreciate it. Also, if you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok, then that would make my day as well. I'm literally 100 followers up hitting 40k and I'm excited about it. I hope you're having a lovely week and I can't wait to speak to you next week. Okay, love you. Bye.